Swimcast is recorded live in front of a feline audience. I'm Jessica. And I'm Andrew. And this is Swimcast. Episode number four. The journey continues. <laughs> That's not the name of the movie today. <laughs> or the subtitle of the podcast? <laughs> no. This is just random crap. Yeah. Again, I feel like I'm going to keep being shocked that we're making it to a new episode. Probably, like, it's not going to wear off. It's going to take a while. <laughs> I'm sure by episode 100, we'll get over it. But... Yeah. Well, by episode 100, we're going to be famous and it will be our day job. Podcast famous. Podcast famous. Our day jobs <laughs> that, that don't pay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. How are we going to afford to live in Vancouver? <laughs> We'll be podcasting know. live, like, from Vernon, B.C. <laughs> <laughs> For the home viewer, Vernon, B.C., middle of nowhere. I bet you it's still probably expensive. It's like the urban sprawl is just, it's oh, reaching and reaching and reaching. Everything, yes. No, the further and further out. Yeah. So sad already in the podcast, Jessica. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I just brought the energy way down. Okay, why don't we talk about what is the theme of the podcast? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess that would be helpful. So, the Swimcast stands for See What You Missed, colon, the podcast. The premise is that I make Andrew watch movies that he wouldn't have seen from the 90s, usually, that I would have seen as a teen, and Andrew wouldn't have because he was an adult man living in Japan. So I'm making him see what he missed in this amazing genre of films. You say amazing, I'm not as convinced. I know the deeper we get into this, the more it's like ruining the nostalgia for me. <laughs> You're ruining your own childhood, Jessica. <laughs> it's true. The only thing that could make it worse is recasting all these movies with an all-female cast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm all for that. <laughs> huh. Never mind. We should watch Ghostbusters at some point, speaking of. Oh, do we have to do a double bill for Ghostbusters then? Oh, yes. What? Back triple to back? Triple bill. It'll have to be what? a triple bill. We have oh. to include the new one then. Oh, all right. oh, sorry. That's what I meant. I meant the first Ghostbusters and then the all-female reboot. No, no, no. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2 and the all-female reboot. I don't know that my attention span is that long anymore, thanks to social media. <laughs> You've quit most of social media. You can't blame that anymore. You only have to blame your aging, aging brain. Oh, fine. Don't be so <laughs> ageist, Jessica. <laughs> I like this idea, though. I'm going to add it to the list. Okay. That's a lot of sitting time. Oh, it is. We can I... take breaks. <laughs> well, that's a possibility in the future. Maybe. <laughs> like I said, I'm adding it to the list. I would add it right now, but you get mad at me when I click the pen. <laughs> yes, stop clicking the goddamn pen. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, Jessica, what's new with you? Since the last record, last weekend, I took a trip back to visit my extended family through the use of social media. <laughs> and the internet collecting all of your personal information. 
my aunt and uncle discovered that we have a cousin that we never knew we had due to some illicit out of wedlock adoption things that happened in the 50s. We found this new family member through the internet having our DNA. So it was really interesting and it turns out she's awesome. And we met her and her whole family and through the ancestry, I was ancestry.com, one of those. My aunt did it, she's into this stuff. I saw my family tree all the way back to 1542 in wow. France. So yeah, it was really cool. And like, I'm totally making up stories about some of these people because one of them was Lady Anne something. I'm like, that's the court of Mary Queen of Scots and Francis the first <laughs> of France. Like, that's so cool. And do I benefit from being related to these royalty in some way? No, 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 not at all. So that's, yeah, probably the most interesting thing that's happened since uh, the last record. Oh, how about well, yourself? That's quite interesting. Well, not a lot has gone on. Oh, other than BTS's new album has dropped. <laughs> Stop trying to make BTS happen with BTS me. BTS is happening. They're happening. They don't need to happen to be. They are amazing. The new, no, the new album, false. Map of the Soul, Persona, is out now. Great I don't songs. think they need your shout out. I think they're doing just fine. Ugh, no, I'm not well, I, into it. I'm, I'm figuring that our target demographic also needs to learn, uh, about learn about BTS. They probably are not BTS listeners and they should listen to BTS <laughs> because they're the best boy band in the world. Oh, fighting words. <laughs> fighting yes, words. I've thrown down, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, you're not helping. <laughs> Oh, Caroline's not going to help your side, Jessica. I know Caroline is like I'm the biggest. Either. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bury it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say that one more time, here, <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> you know, I guess he used to give me a hard time for listening and watching BTS music videos, but recently he himself has, like, he tells me, "Oh, get somebody interested in BTS." But he, I have no interest in doing that. He's the one who's trying to get people to listen to BTS. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Bang, 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 she crushes his testicles. <laughs> no. Not, not gonna happen. <laughs> I... Nope. <laughs> I, I'm at a loss for words. I'm offended. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys are the best boy band of all time. And they could not what... dance their way out of a wet paper bag in comparison to BTS. <laughs> Have you... D dancing? <laughs> she... You can't even get words out. I know, because so I'm, enraged. I'm so enraged. <laughs> I feel my blood pressure spiking. Honestly, I do. I'm so <laughs> defensive. How dare you? Mm. Was J.C. Chazé in Backstreet Boys? Again, how dare you? He was in NSYNC. NSYNC, oh, okay. <laughs> and also, Let yeah. Let me just trample on all of your teenage memories here. What are you, you sound like my mom right now. Like, are you gonna start <laughs> saying, oh, that one looks like he has a pig face because that's what my mom did to me <laughs> when she'd come into my room oh, oh, and look at my what. posters. I'll call them the NSYNC. The, that's acceptable, though. Oh, my I mother reached... did that to me. She would 
say band names and put the in front of it and it would drive me up the wall. Uh, I, I've reached the age, uh, the Facebook, the Instagram. I, I've reached the age. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, BTS new album, check it out. <laughs> so let's move along before you <laughs> lunge across and choke me. Yeah, uh, the small talk did not go how I'd seen it going. It's taken a turn. I'm feeling really hostile right now. I was all, <laughs> I was all excited for today's film. Will this podcast make it to episode five? Probably not. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> and like getting dinner later is also like might be off the table. So hostile. I don't come here to be attacked. I. How is. <laughs> how is informing you of new BTS news hostile? <laughs> okay, I, like- I did attack. All of the other boy bands, but I observe that you're throwing shade at the Backstreet Boys. I think you're wrong. I feel very upset by this, and I want you to stop. Touche. <laughs> Touche, Jessica. All right. Okay, I'm glad that we could be emotionally mature and walk, <laughs> walk, walk through walk this. Walk through our, our feelings. Our, our feelings. Yes. Cube. Okay, Jessica. I'll stop. <laughs> prodding you with a stick. And let's move on to today's movie. Thank you. Today's movie, I'm actually really psyched about. It's actually one that you have actually seen before. That was a lot of actuallys in one sentence. (laughs) That's all right. You've seen before, but it still qualifies for our theme because I've seen it 20 or 30 times. It's probably a perfect movie. It is the 1995 classic, Clueless. Excellent. I have seen this movie before. I'm not coming into this one totally blind. I have seen this movie exactly one time. And I do remember enjoying this movie. This was a very fun and funny movie. And I really hope that we're not ruining this. I hope so too. I feel like I've seen it recently, but maybe under the the scrutiny, under the lens of this podcast, it might destroy it. So I hope that's not the case. Me too. Not that this movie needs an introduction, but high-level summary of the plot. Spoiled rich girl, Beverly Hills, coming of age. It doesn't really have a plot now that I think of I've already started to ruin it. <laughs> it's sort of spoiled rich girl with the heart of gold is kind of the premise. And uh, yeah, let's, let's see how it holds up, shall we? Okay, and doesn't it have Paul Rudd in it? Um, it very much has Paul Rudd. <laughs> but that's not the reason we're watching it today by any means. Is it not the reason we're watching it's 100% it? It's 100% the reason we're watching okay. it. Okay. Paul Rudd is 50. <laughs> <laughs> this is, he's, he's a vampire, he's a Highlander, he's immortal, so yes. Okay, well, now that we've clarified that we're not watching this because of Paul Rudd, we're watching this because of Paul Rudd. <laughs> Let's move on to watching the movie today.
we're back from watching the movie. Still a classic. Yes, I would agree. It is a classic movie. There are a few little flaws here and there that we'll, we'll talk about. I would just want to start with saying that this is the Seinfeld of movies because it was about absolutely zero. There was <laughs> nothing to this story. It wasn't even a redemption story. Nothing really changed. Her life didn't change any. She didn't really learn any lessons from when the movie started to when the movie ended. Yeah, doesn't matter though. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found like, as we were taking notes, the past movies we watched, I had to like go onto a second sheet of paper because I had so many comments. This one I found like half an hour in, I just stopped taking notes and just enjoyed watching the movie. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I like this movie so much. <laughs> there were things that I was jotting down, but I think I wrote down more things for the previous movies. Do you think that was because we've seen it before and knew what was coming? Or it's just like legit, you were just being sucked into an enjoyable film? Well, again, I've only seen it one time. And even that was probably more than a decade ago. Right. And I probably watched it on cable. I certainly didn't see it when it came out. So yes, I knew what was coming, but we're also kind of looking at it through we're a looking modern for things. lens. Yeah, we're like, yeah, we're looking. We're at looking for problems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> problems with our childhoods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it wasn't too bad. Yeah, there were. Well, some I think things. I think this. I mean, because this movie was 1995. I think. I mean, obviously there were tons of 80s movies and stuff, but sort of moving into the 90s era, this was one of the first ones, if not the one. So it created the stereotypes that then became amplified in anything that came after it. Mm. So. There was a house party, but it wasn't a plot point. It was a setting in which some other things happened and there was no prom, there was no graduation. Right, okay, yeah. yes, yeah, you're right. Some of the tropes and stereotypes weren't really there. I did jot down a few. Did you? Did, oh, yeah. Uh, yes. The, as we course. as we get into our, our structure. The first thing I wrote down, I guess this is sort of chronological throughout the film, was faux intellectual college kids. Because <laughs> all in all these high school movies, college kids are always portrayed as these faux intellectuals. They actually used a phrase for it in this movie. I can't remember what it was. It was post high school. Oh, I should have written it down. <laughs> but I, I thought my faux intellectual college kids would spark my memory of that line, but it didn't. But they called okay. they called it out. Yeah. But stereotypes exist for a reason. Because yeah. university students are insufferable. Oh my god, it's so true. It's <laughs> was so I any true. different? I'm sure I was insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> well, that reminds me, yeah. I had a friend who she was going through her PhD program, and when I'd go over to her house with other people doing their PhD, it was insufferable. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, Tell it. <laughs> I was invited to a friend of ours, PhD, what do you call that? PhD? Uh, defense party. PhD defense party. So the PhD defense is the last thing you do yeah. before you are granted your PhD, hopefully. Yeah, not to belittle it, huge accomplishment, obviously. Yes. So a friend of ours 
got her PhD, and that was amazing. So she had a party afterwards, and we were both invited. Yeah. Jessica smartly refused to go. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Caroline and I did go, and we were the olds of the party. <laughs> oh yeah, they thought. And and <laughs> our friends. So. At this party, Andrew said they were the olds, and one of our friend's friends thought Andrew and Caroline were her parents. (laughs) (laughs) Funny enough in itself, but did I not warn you before you went to this party what it would be like? Yes. Jessica explained exactly how this party was going to go down, and Jessica was correct to a T. Yeah. In fact, (laughs) during the party, I was texting Jessica saying, oh my God, everything you said came true. Yeah. (laughs) Then the great thing was, yes, we were the olds, but we were the cool olds. We were cooler than most of the people there. We brought jello shots and we were forcing booze on everybody. (laughs) It was amazing. We've got no track. What do we do? We've got no track. Oh no. We've got no track. Let's reel it in. Gotta get back on track to tweet. Let's get right back to the show. Yeah, so anyways, so yeah, as <laughs> getting back to it, the faux intellectual college type, it it's based in something. <laughs> oh, it most certainly is. The stereotype for me is that she is so rich, everything goes her way. Mm. And when things don't go her way, she can work her way through it. World's tiniest violin. Yes. (laughs) Bad grades? Talk to the teacher. Con them into giving her better grades. The only failure is the driver's license. I respected the the negotiating the better grades, though, because... Her dad in the movie is a lawyer and a top, a top tier, tier, top tier lawyer. lawyer. So basically he raised her with the idea that there's nothing you can't argue your way into or out of, which I thought was good. I thought it was a good character trait on her behalf. And I, one thing I did write down is that she's painted as such a debt, but she got like 98% on her math exam. So I think that as a character, they did a good job of rounding out the aspects of her. She wasn't stupid. She just was an airhead, the way she spoke and the way she dressed. And so they tried to paint her with that brush, but she actually had, you know, more substance to that. And that that maybe this movie not being about anything, that was sort of it, is that people around her realized that there was more to her. Let's <laughs> just do an aside from stereotypes. Sure. To one troubling scene where her father is reading the report card and everything's fine. We we paused we paused <laughs> oh, yeah. the movie to read the report card because we knew there was something off. And oh dear, <laughs> was there something off? The geometry teacher, Mr. Heckel, gave her an A, and the only comment he had was, nice shapes. <laughs> Oh, you read that as being gross? I just read that as being like a funny like production designer thing. (laughs) It can be read two ways. Oh, you've ruined that part for me, Andrew. Yes! (laughs) Success! (laughs) 
I thought that was, that was like a hilarious comment on a geometry mark. Nice shapes. I also thought it was a hilarious comment. I guess I guess it, if it had been like nice triangles or something like less less pervy. Yeah. <laughs> something about Pythagoras. Sorry, I'm a guy. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Jessica, would you not say those were some of the shortest skirts I've ever seen in a high school? Yes, actually. Oh but I was God. liking it. Like a lot of the clothes, I was like, this is early enough in the 90s that these fashions are sort of coming back. Not that that short of skirt is a good look, but a lot of the, the accessories and stuff, I was like, oh, that's a cute necklace. I want to get, get one like that. <laughs> The skirts were very short. Extremely short. Not complaining. But I'm saying <laughs> they were they were really problematic for high school. Yeah. I mean, they didn't play it up really in terms of the, the filming, which is good. But they just were wearing them as fashion, which, yeah. For high school, there would have definitely been some sort of misogynistic dress code of your skirt must be longer than your fingertips or X right. inches above the knee or something. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, wear whatever you want. But yeah, for the time. Yes. Surprising. But I think that sort of spoke to the level of privilege and wealth of this True. particular yeah, high that school, school, right? That school, that school had everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. The other high school thing that happened is the exposition of the cliques, which we we were having a discussion. So when the new kid at school arrives and she's being shown around and she's like, oh, those are the Lodi skateboard kids. They hang out over there. Oh, that's the Persian mafia. Like you can't get into a concert without knowing their dad. <laughs> and like those are all the popular boys and stuff. And we had the shared, um, was it Mandela effect? Man yeah, yeah. We, we thought it was the Mandela effect because of all of the testing they're doing at CERN, <laughs> changing the timelines. That was an excerpt from Andrew's one-man play, The Truth and Other Damned Lies. But we swore that they had cut a scene where there was the group of the cool Asians. Yeah. So we did a little research. And Meaning like out, 10 seconds of Googling. <laughs> that's research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did some research and it turns out, hey, surprise, it was another teen movie. Yeah, it was Mean Girls. <laughs> we'll get to that one eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. Mean Girls wasn't in the 90s, but it's it's got the same flavor, so it can be on the list. I have not seen Mean Girls. Actually, I haven't. Have I seen the whole thing? I don't think I've seen the whole thing in one sitting. Uh, another stereotype is skateboards are so out of style. <laughs> skateboards have never gone away. They Well, they, they come and they go. Because when I was a teenager, I was totally into skateboards. But the skateboards were quite different. They're not the big, huge land yachts that oh, you have a, now. Yeah. The skateboards back then were really small. They were only about yeah. 14 inches long. And... I tell you, when they came back into style again, probably about a mid nineties, it's like peak Tony Hawk. Right. When they came back into style, they were now about two feet long and super wide. And I have to say, I was a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, I actually could have rode one of those. Yeah. All I ever did with the skateboard is growing up, my parents lived on a hill. 
So we would sit on them and roll down the hill and have like one of our friends standing at the intersection making sure there was no cars. Wow. Well, that's, it's not like a, it's not a. That's some forethought. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a, a, a lighted intersection, but there was a stop sign, but the stop sign was going down the hill, which we would definitely have blown through. Uh, so <laughs> safety first. <laughs> now, dear listener, I don't know about in your town, but skateboards, they're still a thing in Vancouver. Very much so. So, annoyingly so. Oh, and I consider them fully a red flag for, like, grown men. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, grown men should not be using skateboards. Although, with, like, the price of gas in Vancouver, I mean, I kind of get it. But ride a bike at least. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh. Like, Don't... anyone over the age of 23 on a skateboard, it's just, it's off-putting. <laughs> There's a lot of off-putting Vancouver behavior. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the the skateboarding adults, uh, at least we don't have a lot of unicycle riders or. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we other, did other Portland stuff. Portland stuff. <laughs> the dream of the '90s. It's alive. Yes. <laughs> In Vancouver. Well, Vancouver kind of is Portland light. I mean, there's with less fun, maybe with, with certain certain areas. True. Yeah, like you got your your commercial drives and your main streets. Kind of, they have a Portland vibe to them. Ah. Actually, they're a bit more clean than Portland. Oh. Portland's okay. pretty scungy in its hipsterness. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I think we just offended all of Portland. <laughs> Sorry, Portland. I might be visiting you next weekend. <laughs> Oh, we did have the trope of Dion locking herself in the bathroom at a party. Yeah. Which is pet peeve of mine. Because <laughs> when you got to pee lots. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Although as a guy, you can just go outside. That's true. In the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of that in if we ever get to American Pie. <laughs> oh, gross. I'm grossing myself out. Yeah, that was a really specific thing. I don't know if it was a trope. It must be, because, like, we're noticing it so much. Very specific things. Like, another thing was, like, the abandoned parking lot in the middle of the night. In this movie, when Claire... Claire. What was her name? Cher. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> when Cher gets out of the car because that guy who's giving her ride oh. home got super rapey. Then, so she's in an abandoned parking lot and gets held up and ruins her Alaya dress. Very important designer. <laughs> it reminded me, I was expect, half expecting Jenna Elfman dressed as an angel, a right. stripper angel, to show up. And I literally forgot that it was not the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did feel like it was missing something there. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's only because yeah. of the other movie. And I think that goes way back. Like, I'm thinking, do you, have you ever seen American Graffiti? I don't think I have. Okay. The sitting in a car in the parking lot, like, with the radio on, like, I think that the trope starts way, way, way back. Oh, okay. That's for another day. That's too much research. <laughs> <laughs> Going back just slightly to the party. Yeah. Was this another party with too many different groups in it again? Sort of, because yeah. it was like the Lodi party, right? Remember, because the Travis, the skateboard kid, gave... How do you spell Lodi? L-O-A-D-I-E. What's that mean? Like they're loaded on drugs. 
they're the stoner kids. I've never heard that expression. They only use it in this movie. Okay. I've never really used it. I think there's a lot of slang in oh, this movie. This movie that... created the 90s slang. I remember going to, I don't know, Zellers or something. <laughs> like when you're trying to buy posters in the 90s and they have the the posters on those racks where you can flip through and look at them. And there was yes. one that was all clueless slang. Oh. <laughs> so it explained the Bettys, the Barneys, the Monets. That's all clueless slang. <laughs> yes. There is so much cool slang in I this movie. I love it. Yeah, it's part of what makes this movie so iconic. The other thing that I've mentioned before, another pet peeve of mine, is the way old people as teens <laughs> and early 20s. I mean... For the main characters, the actors are always going to be older than teens for, like, labor laws and stuff. Right. But, no, th these were background people. Yes! At, at the college party, yeah. there was that one guy who came and checked on Ty. Yeah. And he He's like, was way too old to be. I know. He was, like, Even a, a, a return-to-college type yeah. adult. and. Oh, when she decided to help that charity thing oh, for yeah, the, school. Oh, yeah, the Pismo Beach Pismo, relief. Pismo Disaster Beach. relief. Outside of People this People lost movie, everything. Don't you think that includes athletic equipment? <laughs> there was the one guy who came to sign a petition or something who was clearly 35. Yeah, 35, 40, pushing. Yes. <laughs> he could have had children in that school. Yeah. Maybe yes. maybe he was a parent. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that was I think what it's just a, a production choice of, oh shit, we need some more people in the background and they just like pull people off the film crew. <laughs> okay. But it's one of these things. It messes with your head as a kid. You think, that's a teenager. Yeah, teenagers are so mature. Yeah. Not a teenager. <laughs> No, which which I think is a good segue into discussing Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> I so, am not as aware of Paul Rudd as obviously you are. How are you not? <laughs> well, I know I know who he is, but I didn't care who he was. <laughs> Much like you're slagging off of the Backstreet Boys earlier. This is <laughs> I find this deeply offensive. So <laughs> On my notes, under my section that I keep aside for noticing any cute boys of the 90s. Okay, all we're I in wrote, the cute boy section. Yeah, right? we're jumping around, but He's it was a, a good segue. No, he was a college student. He wore, no, we Googled yes, him. He, he was about 26, but he was playing like 21, 19, yeah. something. Anyway, on my notes, all I wrote was Paul Rudd in all caps, underlined twice. And then I also wrote, Paul Rudd is now 50. <laughs> because if you if you just Google it, Paul Rudd immortal, Paul Rudd vampire, Paul Rudd Highlander, he does not age. He's looked 27 for the past 25 years. <laughs> for the home viewer, I will confirm. I did see the the pictures that Jessica Google, and it is unbelievable. Yeah, how since he you're looks not familiar with Paul Rudd, somehow I had to show you. <laughs> <laughs> so also underneath that I wrote in the movie Wallace Shawn plays the debate teacher and right. one of the subplots is they're trying to set him up with the history teacher or whatever right. and when they were doing that in their exposition they said Mr. oh my god I can't remember his name whatever <laughs> Mr. Wallace Shawn <laughs> is 47 <laughs> that is three years younger than Paul Rudd is today <laughs> it's shocking Yes, it shocked me when you said that this movie is 24 years old. 
that's upsetting to me. It's very like, <laughs> makes me aware of my own mortality as does the fact that this movie stars Brittany Murphy who has since passed. And then there was a reference oh. to uh, yes. Cher saving Luke herself Perry. for Luke Perry who also just passed away. And that's so very upsetting. Is Christian Slater still with us? Yes. Okay. I wait. But yes, I'm sure he was on iRobot. I'm sure there were more it's than the, one just of the Corys. No, one of the Corys died. That's who you're mixing Christian okay. Slater up with. There were quite a few people who have passed away that they made reference to. Yeah. Okay, so Paul Rudd was your cute boy. Paul Rudd was and is currently. I just texted my friend in between the watch and the record while we were getting some water. And I said, Andrew and I just watched Clueless for our podcast. And Paul Rudd is now in my top three. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. He's so beautiful. I said Paul Rudd at any age. Yeah, end of list. I didn't bother adding anyone else. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there were really any other... Well, there was, like, the rapey guy who, like, is objectively (laughs) handsome, but his character was just so loathsome that you couldn't even appreciate it. Jeremy Sisto. He was in something... I don't know if he's in something we've already watched or he will be in things we watched again, but I I googled him because I thought he might have been in Can Hardly Wait and they're already starting to blur together. He was not, but he had 102 credits on IMDb. (laughs) So he became a a that guy. Yeah, so he was a teen that guy and now he's like a... I think he does a lot of crime procedurals and stuff like Uh, that, so... Yeah, he was kind of a jerk. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Don't you know who my father is? Oh, asshole. <laughs> Gross. Since we, we've Googled the ages and we know that this is a safe question, Andrew, were there any pretty ladies in this movie? <laughs> well, I would have to say that Alicia Silverstone, we checked, she was 18. <laughs> when they filmed, when they filmed so this. Gross. But I'm in the same boat here because, yeah. She was she smoking was, hot. She was amazing. <laughs> she was so hot. I was like, present and current goals also. <laughs> like, for sure. <laughs> but she does have this weird... The one thing that throws me about Alicia Silverstone is the lack of lip control. Yeah. There's the Alicia Silverstone lip thing. The pout. Not a pout. She When she smiles... She can't control that upper oh, lip. Yeah, it does that cricket, weird... Kind of like a Novocaine smile. It, yeah, it's a weird smile yeah. thing. And it's in other movies. I'm probably thinking of the Batman movie she was oh, in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Because she was in so many movies at that, that time. Yeah, and Aerosmith videos. That's where she became a thing. Right. Her, It when was she, the video when was... her and Liv Tyler were like the Thelma and Louise. They went on the run and they were like strippers and stuff in the Aerosmith video for right. crazy. And I believe I heard on HQ Trivia <laughs> that she was only 16 when she made that video. In the Aerosmith video. Yeah, yes. I think that's, well, if she was only 18 in this movie. And, she and like that's where she was discovered. Yeah, yeah. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> it was Ooh. the 90s, it was a different Ooh. time. It's it like was, Brooke Shields. <laughs> uh, Brooke Shields is definitely 80s and Wow. She was 14 when she made Oh, that Blue that Lagoon? Blue Lagoon movie. Yeah, that's so gross. That yes. movie gives me the creeps. <laughs> Speaking of incest, yeah, you were creeped out by the quote-unquote oh. incest in this movie, like Blue yes. Lagoon. Like, <laughs> that was way worse. 
I didn't see Blue Lagoon when I was a teenager yeah. because it was so taboo and I think I was too young to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I will have to say that it is kind of problematic that she falls for her brother. I know. step brother. And it's Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to play the Paul Rudd card to yes. write off the the problem with this. Yes. I think their age difference is more problematic than the fact that they were ex-step-siblings. Because <laughs> in the well, movie she was supposed to be That's a compounding in, factor. I know. In the movie she was supposed to be in grade 10 and he was in college. So like, right. so even though on paper, not too bad, it's like two or three years difference. When you're that age, no. it's so... Yeah. Like, like, like someone in grade 10 dating someone in grade 11 was a huge scandal. Right. So she would have been maybe 16 because well, yeah, she, she, she referenced it. She referenced it. Oh, but I she's like, she's 16. But she's getting her driver's yeah. license at 16. And she said her birthday was in April. And I think oh, this yeah. movie took place in January. So she was like 16, 17 in there. Right. Yeah. And yes, he would have been, he's playing a 21 year old, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> Those ages. Kid dog is, years. Yeah. that is, That's huge. That's true. But it's Paul Rudd, so it's okay. <laughs> I am going to throw that in your face when... <laughs> it's defensible. Okay. I'm... No jury will acquit me. <laughs> or wait, convict. They will acquit me. God damn it. <laughs> You're going away for a long time, Jessica. I hope not sporadically. <laughs> For a movie that holds up so well and remains a classic, there were still some very telltale 90s things. The Beavis and Butthead on TV. And Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. I was more of a Ren and Stimpy fan than Beavis and Butthead. I didn't, I didn't get Beavis and Butthead. Ren and Stimpy, totally love it. <laughs> I was the opposite. Like, we watched Ren and Stimpy a little bit, but Beavis and Butthead was... It was, it, we got to watch it and it was like we were doing something bad because our parents, it was so <laughs> dumb that our parents didn't understand what it was. <laughs> so the fact that we got to watch it was like, oh my God, we get to watch Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> because of the age I was when I was kind of introduced to Beavis and Butthead, it was just painful. <laughs> Where Ren and Stimpy was, was a little more clever. What? It wasn't that all he did was like trying to poop and pee. Well, he is a cat. Well, yeah, but like that was that's and not clever. Chihuahua. That's very broad. Okay, <laughs> for the home viewer, I would suggest looking up Ren and Stimpy Rubber Nipple Salesman. <laughs> Again, it is the is, best. I wouldn't call that clever. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, still gross out of humor. Yes. I would agree. And obviously, I mean, the, the big 90s things that weren't even, they weren't even trying to hide. Obviously, the, the clothes, the fashion was such a huge part of this movie. I don't know anyone my age, or probably older or younger, who would watch this and see that her automated closet computer that picked yes. out outfits for her, who oh. doesn't want that. It's so amazing. I have that written down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the clothing app before apps were even a thing. She's got this computer yeah. that lets her see herself in the different clothing, which 
only became available on our phones in the last year or two. It was... Well, probably more than that. It was like Star Trek. It was predicting the future of technology. That movie movie did predict the future because she was rich. And the Uh, rich have this technology long before us plebes. (laughs) Oh, the cell phones. Yes. Everybody had a cell phone. A monster cell phone. A monster cell phone. Cell phones with antennas. Yeah. Antennas the pull <laughs> but out. But you had to pull them out. Pull out. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> like walkie-talkies. And the fact that when a phone rang, you just pick up a phone and answer it. Right. <laughs> you didn't you didn't screen, you didn't, you didn't wait screen. for it. There was no call display on the phone no. at home. She just no. picked it was up the a phone. Cordless, Hello. Yeah. Yeah. But she in that scene though, she was specifically expecting it, right? Cuz she wanted she, she was waiting for Christian I to don't call. Think he was supposed to call, but there's no guarantee it was him. Right. It could have been. It was someone. a home phone. Right. They could have been selling window glazing or something. Yes. <laughs> this is very true. But people answered the phone back then. It was exciting. It's like, ooh, yes. who's going to be on the other end of the phone? Whereas now whenever my phone rings, I unless it's in my context, I don't answer it because it's always that recording of a Chinese voice like telling me that I have a package. <laughs> or that's what someone oh, who speaks I get Chinese. the Chinese one where it's a HSBC bank. And they say, this is HSBC Bank, and then it goes straight into Chinese. No, mine, usually I don't answer it, but then it triggers my voicemail. So I have to open my voicemail to clear it. Yes. And it's Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. Yeah, something. I mean, I asked someone who spoke Chinese, I'm like, what is this saying? And they're like, oh, it's telling you have a package. I was like, okay. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess in the 90s also, they didn't have the technology for those robocalls the same way they do now. So that's probably why people were more inclined to answer the phone. They're like, oh, this will be a human being that I'm going to talk to for a purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about all of the references made because I'm sure there are... (laughs) I had a favorite. Oh, which one is your favorite? So when the first scene, when Paul Rudd is is. crashing in their house, she calls him Kato. I was like, wow, that was a fresh reference in 1995. Oh, as in Kato Kalen. Yes, the house guest, OJ. Oh. Andrew, oh, you were in Japan. Yeah. No, 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 I know. Were you in Japan during the OJ, the car chase and the trial and stuff? That's like one of my first memories of like a news story was OJ. No, I, I'm not 100% sure if I was there. I definitely was there for when George Bush Sr. was the president of the United States and threw up in the Japanese prime minister's lap. <laughs> was the Japanese prime minister named Kato? Is this where no. confusion? Okay. No. Getting back to that. Okay. I thought it was a a weird kind of reference to the Green Hornet and the sidekick Kato. I didn't get it as a Kato Kalen reference. Okay, that makes far more sense. How does the Green Hornet, yeah, I was gonna say. It makes far more sense. uh, Unwanted house guest. not (laughs) prejudicial. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Paul read as many things, but he's not Green Hornet sidekick. Right. He's (laughs) Ant-Man. There was the Marky Mark reference. Yeah, that was before Marky Mark became problematic. He was still the bad boy, but he wasn't problematic. Yes. And we already already mentioned the Luke Perry. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. And Forrest Gump. 
was oh, referenced. Oh yeah! So that had already come and gone. Of course, I didn't. I didn't even. I just. But not much before because. Yeah. I saw. I was Forrest like in grade seven. Gum. So yeah, it was like a year before. Yes, and what was the other reference? Oh, calling hot guys Baldwins. Yes. <laughs> that yeah. reference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Has yeah. not aged well. <laughs> Like, which Baldwin's one? Baldwin's were hot in the 90s, I They guess. were hot in the 90s. Oh. Well, Alec. Alec and Billy were hot. Steven's always the uh, Which one was in... Doofus. Was one in Bottle Rocket? The movie Bottle Rocket? I don't think I've seen that. All I know is that Stephen Baldwin was in Biodome, which Biodome. is like the best. Polly Shore? Polly Shore. Shore was referenced in this movie. What? Was he? Yes. No. I missed it. Where? I'm sure there was a Polly Shore reference. There must be. Even if there wasn't, there should be, spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> I am pretty sure that I remember hearing Polly Shore's name in this movie. Yeah. No, because, like, yeah, the Baldwins. <laughs> Biodome. Biodome. Fucking love Biodome so hard. <laughs> Is that a 90s movie? <laughs> yes. Put it on the list. I oh, it's, ho- it. it's on the list. Okay. <laughs> I love that movie so hard. When I was in grade. How old would I have been? I guess before my friend moved away. Grade eight-ish, I think. My friend and I, we'd have sleepovers all the time and we would watch Biodome every single time. And we'd go to 7-Eleven and we'd get clearly Canadian and sour cream and onion sun chips. And we would watch Biodome. And it is one of my favorite memories to this day. Canadian, right. Flavored sparkling water. It was the LaCroix. Spark That's right, yeah. Of, of the 90s. With two hints more of flavor than LaCroix. Yeah. Black raspberry, clearly Canadian. Oh. Nice. Mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was something else that was way ahead of its time referenced in here. Turkey bacon. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah, because her dad, she was he was on the cholesterol diet, so she yes. was making him eat healthy. And one of the things oh, was turkey. trying to get him to eat turkey bacon. Turkey bacon. Yeah, turkey bacon's not real bacon. So I gross. went through a turkey bacon phase. I'm back to real bacon. Yeah. If you're going to do it wrong, do it right. Yes. <laughs> nice. I like that. What, you've never heard that before? Oh, you didn't make up a quote right oh, now? Oh, I mean, Aww. that is all me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott from The Office. <laughs> I'm laughing, I don't know why. Oh. oh, Andrew, your pop culture knowledge just appalls me. You miss so many things. If it's modern pop culture, I'm I'm lacking. Unless there's a meme, a dank meme. <laughs> that is a meme. It, it, it's not office, dank enough for office, me to office know. Office memes are everywhere. Oh, Andrew. Okay, it's not dank enough. Yeah, the only other like big 90s one that jumped out at me was when Ty was all sad and Cher was like, oh, let's go to the movies and watch the new Christian Slater. <laughs> so I Googled, right. I was like, what would have been the new Christian oh, Slater okay, in 1995? What, what is it? It was Murder in the First. It was such a dry spell in his career because like pre that there was a bunch of really like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and like Heathers and Pump Up the Volume, like obviously late 80s, early 90s. And then there was a bit of a gap. And then in the late 90s, he had a bunch more good ones, good like ones. Broken Arrow. And like oh, he got okay. started doing action movies. Yeah, there's a weird space right in 1995. So it was... Because he'd aged out of, of those the teen movies. movies. Yeah. And it probably took a while for him and his agent to yeah. get him to the next, the next level. level. Yeah. 
So Murder in the First, I think, is like a John Grisham kind of oh. lawyer movie. Maybe not John Grisham. One of those. It's a lawyer movie, obviously. Okay, I know but nothing. I bet you it was because the person who wrote this movie probably wrote it in like 91 or 92. Do you know what I mean? Like started mm-hmm. writing the movie and developing it. So, and the Christian Slater reference probably stayed in there, <laughs> even though they should have left it blank and said something like insert hot male star of the day. Right. <laughs> oh, that's all the Mel Gibson references. I was like, that hasn't aged well either. Oh. <laughs> Mel Gibson really just has not aged well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those Which is unfortunate like, because he's such a part of my teenage years. Mad Max. Oh, Mad Max, all of the Mad Max series, Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah. was the hugest movie. Yeah. And so cool. I mean, yeah. Mel Gibson was the dude in the 80s. Yeah. He was awesome. So the lesson is... Don't get old. Is that the lesson? <laughs> Don't get old and become an anti-Semite. <laughs> so good. That's just, well. Half of well, that is good yeah, advice. That's, that's good advice. I would yeah. highly get recommend. Get old though. It. Get old. Get just old. Don't just... become an anti-Semite. <laughs> good, good advice. Oh, one thing that has survived through the years: Mentos, the Fresh Maker. <laughs> oh, I could go for some Mentos. <laughs> Mentos, well, something, you know what something. really helped Mentos though is the Mentos and Diet Coke videos oh, yeah. on, on YouTube that probably resurrected Mentos. Right, because people were, weren't buying them to freshen it, their breath. They were buying them to put into Diet Coke and film it and put it on the internet. <laughs> Diet Coke to Mentos is like run DMC to Aerosmith. <laughs> they it re- revived it them. Revived them. <laughs> Oh my god, there was so much Diet Coke in this movie too. Such a missed opportunity. (laughs) Product, that was like the main product place. Well, Mentos, obviously the commercial, and then Diet Coke, product placement, front and center, labels to camera. And, oh, what was the other? Oh, the video in the background, Buns of Steel. (laughs) An exercise videotape. That yes. would have been a videotape. VHS. Absolutely. Yes. There was cassette. They had cassettes too. This was pre-CD. Right, right. When she bought the cassette of Rollin' with the Homies <laughs> <laughs> because of dancing with Elton at the Valley Party. Oh my God. So iconic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's jump to music. Yeah. Speaking uh, of Rolling with the Homies, Coolio. Pre-Gangsta's Paradise Coolio. This... This movie really wasn't centered around the music, though. No, not the, as much the as The soundtrack others, yeah. is pretty dull, because I didn't recognize a lot of the songs. Oh, I recognized was... so many of oh, them. Oh, okay, I didn't. Uh... <laughs> wow, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did recognize David Bowie, but that was oh, yeah. way out of time. For, yeah. that, that was totally retro for 95 yeah. to have it. David Bowie in the background. Yeah. Oh, there was so much. As I have the soundtrack to Clueless on my iPod, and it's it's a great soundtrack. But a lot of the songs in the movie aren't even on the soundtrack. Oh. There was No Doubt, Just a Girl. Oh. Very of that year. Shoop, Salt and Peppa. Right. I caught on to Drive by the Lightning Seeds because that's a very niche. Very like niche. of mine. I, I don't know that. They're like a British band that I'm low key, mildly obsessed with. Cindy Lauper, 
girls just want to have fun. Supermodel. It was the, oh, I don't know who sings that version, but I'm pretty sure the like original motion picture soundtrack that I have on my thing has the RuPaul version of Supermodel. So that's excellent. The Cranberries featured. Right. R.I.P. They, they singer from oh, the Cranberries. Yeah. So bummer. Yeah, because there was reference to them by name saying, I need to go get my Cranberries CD yes. out of the quad. <laughs> but then also it was playing in the car when he was driving. Uh, and then finally, obviously, so much Scott. Ah, yes. I was just going to go back to <laughs> Gwen Stefani to say that yeah. that uh, Gwen Stefani is Scott adjacent. Yeah, the, the trombones and stuff in the spider webs. Her band, yes. Yeah. Her band has a lot of Scott influence. But yeah. yes, we can't escape this 90s Scott. So much Scott. I just, and was, like, I was starting to have flashbacks because I was not a Scott fan. <laughs> and I, I think I told this story already. Yes, I have told the story about being forced to listen to cake acapella <laughs> at this graduation party when all I wanted to do was hang out with the cool kids. And those those friends were also very into ska and like swing dance revival and stuff. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I enjoyed ska, but back in the 80s version. There was 80s version of ska? Yes. To me it that, exists. That's probably the original version. <laughs> probably, but I'm only familiar with like... Like big, Madness, One big, Step Beyond is... Oh. Uh, which, even by in 95, anyone listening to 90s ska would also probably worship Madness. Probably. Yeah. Or, like, I just think of, like, ska slash swing revival, like, Big Bad Voodoo Daddies. Oh, and, like, the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Cherry Poppin' Daddies. <laughs> Gross! Not a problem with that name. Oh, that's Ugh. worse than Are You Ready for Sex, Grandma? <laughs> that's a band? It was a band from my high school. <laughs> oh, they're my short derper sad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And yeah, yeah they, so they the opened for the evaporators <laughs> at the community center. <laughs> Evaporator Ska. There we go. Oh, wow. Nardwar. Was Nardwar? Yeah, Nardwar was there. I've been oh in a God. conga line oh, wait, with wait, wait, Nardwar. Wait. Nardwar is in the Evaporators? Yeah. Oh. Nardwar, the human serviette. serviette. This is He's very amazing. niche, like 90s, 80s Canadian reference. <laughs> but Nardwar is the greatest. He knows He's the great. everything about everybody. Yeah. He's he blows friends with Snoop Dogg. People away. He blows people away, these these new mumble rappers that he goes and interviews <laughs> and he knows details about their family life from when they were 16 blowing their minds apart okay. well i just remember yeah nardwar on much music interviewing snoop dogg and like right. he was like he had a one specific memory he had a action no it wasn't an action figure it was a stuffed doll of snoop dogg and he was like, hey, Snoop Dogg, look at this doll of you that I found. And Snoop Dogg's like, this is dope. I'm going to keep this. And was like, no, it's mine. I'm just showing it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the the fashion crime in this movie, that ska band, it was the ska goatee. Oh, I didn't even notice that. The the one of, not the singer, but one of the other band members who was jumping around, he had... <laughs> He had the ska goatee. Oh, I didn't pay attention. So because gross. Paul Red was in that scene, I must have been distracted. <laughs> Fair, <No>. I guess. <laughs> it's gonna be a thing. 
No, the fashion crime for me was, I mean, it was very 90s, but the low pants with the boxer shorts showing up completely like the boys were all wearing. Oh, yes. Oh, but so when, bad. When Dion criticized, I think it was Dion, yeah. criticized that the boys all dressed the same with the oversized pants and baggy shirts and, and that style. And I'm thinking, has it come back around again? Like not, not, not that not exactly no but the but style the sloppy and... look. Not really. I'd say Paul Rudd's style came back <laughs> more and that's not just a gratuitous Paul Rudd reference, but like the sort of sure slouchy college sure. kid look. But the really gross baggy pants, I don't know, maybe I don't hang around skate parks for the best. The style for men seems to be still more slender fitting pants if present day boy bands are to be believed. <laughs> not referring to BTS. I'm not going to poke the hornet's nest. <laughs> we'll just move on. Oh, I'm in such a minority here, but oh, they're, they're, just, they're the worst. I'm just going to do a little aside here to explain that in the time where we turned the microphones off, Jessica was absolutely enraged at me. <laughs> I was super mad. <laughs> This podcast, <laughs> this podcast almost ceased to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, we have dinner plans and I'm hungry, so I stuck around. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Let's move on to, was this woke or a joke? I mean, we've already said this movie holds up as a movie, but do the, the themes, the language, do those things hold up or are they problematic? So... The one that jumped out at me and that you said it twice. twice was the use of retard for being stupid. And I was like, we can't say that anymore. It's not cool. It's not cool. It's ableist. But it was the 90s. <laughs> yeah. But it was the same way the F word jumps out at you just into your ears because you would never hear that anymore on yes. a show. Unless it was a show like Veep or something where they're just purposely horribly offensive all the time <laughs> but just thrown in casually into like a character who's supposed to be sweet and adorable it and just it just oh it, it, it that was never an issue in the movie no yeah but it was funny how clueless mm -hmm. she was when they were at the college party he's flirting with the bartender oh, yeah. he's flirting with other guys on the dance floor Totally clueless. <laughs> yeah, so her first love interest in the movie, Christian, who's this James Dean type, obviously a homosexual. <laughs> I mean, they played up the stereotype. Well, I yes. mean, it was interesting His stereotype. His favorite movie is Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, but the... the Roman the, times. The stereotypes, a lot of them, for example, there was a lot, like, it was like hipster in the traditional sense, right? Like, mm. he's got a 1960s roadster car, and he, you know has the James Dean hairstyle. So there's that kind of element. But yeah, the flirting with the bartender when she invites him over for like a sexy night and then, then he's he like, Shh, I'm watching the movie. Yes. <laughs> or when she says like, I can't believe I almost slept with Christian and Marie Purcell laughing. He's like, no, you didn't. When <laughs> <laughs> he uses a string of fairly problematic terms and said, he's gay. I was like, yep, there you go. And then, but then he turned into like her gay best friend shopping buddy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that doesn't hold up or is offensive necessarily, but... No, I, I don't 
I'm not saying that that was an offensive yeah. thing. I think the movie handled it. Yeah. Much better than some of the other movies. Oh my god, seen. yeah. Oh like um I love my dead gay son. <laughs> like the Polaroids <laughs> of the, yeah. Heathers. No, no, which we have but in the other movie where he's like, I'm gonna knock him out and then take a picture of him with his pants down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, they're they're trying to create a, a well, it's a gay panic moment. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. They just like kind of moved on from it, so that was good. Oh, the treatment of teen suicide was a little <laughs> flippant. Flippant. Teen well, suicide. It wasn't, but it wasn't real. It was just it was sort of been. It was more my joke. I think my joke is amazing. <laughs> when Travis gets the bad grade and says, "Ah," oh, and he like pretends to jump out the window and. Wallace Shawn says, can we save the teen suicide attempts for another day? And yeah, teen suicide, don't do it. My big fun. <laughs> that was a little trite. Yeah. That yeah, I guess that wouldn't that wouldn't happen to. Eh. But I'm starting to like, I'm turning into an old person and saying, are we being too sensitive? <laughs> Mostly I'm just defending everything that this movie is, because <laughs> I love it. It's the same reason that people say love actually is problematic, and I'm like, I will not hear it, and I will not respond to it. Well, there was the part where she did say, I don't speak Mexican. Oh, right. <laughs> that is so tone deaf. I know, but then my angel Paul Rudd pointed out why that was offensive. <laughs> He's like, okay, so she's from got El school. Salvador. Yes. Okay, it, fair. It they did not leave it. It was self-aware. They did not leave it hanging as is. Yes. Still. <laughs> <laughs> Dion's boyfriend. Murray. He, yes. He does at some Turk point. from Scrubs. <laughs> oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. That, now I recognize it. He was also in Can't Hardly Wait. He was in the band with Travis from this movie. <laughs> Both of those guys were yeah. in this movie. Oh my God. Yep. Oh, 90s teen that guy. Yeah. Anyway, he makes a comment about misogynistic undertones, <laughs> which was somewhat so, woke for, yeah. for his character. Well, because he called his girlfriend woman. It's like, hey, woman. And she's like, how many times have I told you not to call me woman? But it was street slang. Yeah, it was street slang, which has mocking, yet not necessarily misogynistic undertones. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly the line. <laughs> I Have I not said I've seen this 20 or 30 times? <laughs> and now we've reached the part of the podcast where we still don't know how we're going to end it. Something's never oh, changed. Andrew, did you like this movie? I still like this movie. It does seem dumber today <laughs> than when I first saw it, but I would still give it a thumbs up. Two thumbs up from me. All right, so since we still don't have a clever way to close this, we'll finish by saying check us out on social media at Swimcast, S W Y M Cast on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us at swimcast at gmail.com. And a shout out to Stermonix for the theme music and background music and editing. Go check out Stermonix on SoundCloud at Stermonix, S-T-Y-R-M-O-N-I-X. We'll see you next time. Stay tuned after the credits for another track from Stermonix.
Stermonics here. Stick around and listen to Mastermind by Fat Pockets featuring Stermonics. Fat Pockets can be heard on SoundCloud. Links in the show notes.
Okay, so that covers breaking it down for millennials. Yeah, and a lot, um, like, a lot of the stereotypes too we touched on. Uh, what a woke or joke? Um, so we move on to those. No, I have no cute boys yet. Oh, you want to? Or, or the wanna... production things. Oh, we haven't. When are we going to talk about the Nazi <laughs> rally? Oh God, uh, th that's a woke or joke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. You want to talk good. about cute boys? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Having that segue is good. So, what have you been up to lately, Jessica? What have I been up to? A few things. Uh, my friend and I booked a vacation for this summer. I'll probably not talk about that right now. Yes, okay. don't jinx it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we're going to a country with a lot of pol political problems. Oh. Okay. Start over. Ask me what I'm up to again. Okay. I'm going to jump. We'll skip that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jessica, what are you... What? Jessica. Jessica, uh, tell me about the movie we're going to see today. What is what is the title of the movie? Does my name like give some sort of like distinct waveform on the recording? Because you seem to restart everything with my name very loud. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I was. Doing that. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Let's. Okay, we're gonna start this again. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, whenever sorry. I start a. Yeah. A segment I come in loud, I guess. Yeah. Like go back to normal. Yeah, but always okay. with my name, Jessica. I feel like I'm in trouble. Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Francis. What are you doing? Um, that that <clears throat> that'll be in the blooper reel. Okay. Okay. Um, so we'll start this again. Okay. Swimcast is brought to you by ABC, the Anunnaki Broadcast Corporation, and heard on Nibiru Networks across the Tri Galaxy region. Nibiru Networks, holograms so real you can touch them. Like, oh my god.